and welcome back to another episode of the Jeff Becomes Jeff podcast. I would like to point out, because I failed to do so in the last episode, this is episode 61. Now, I know that's like, why are you celebrating episode 61? There's nothing special about that. It's not like the episode eight episodes from now. And for those of you who suck at math, that will be episode 69. I am doing a special episode uh, when my mom visits in April. She's going to be a guest on the show, and I will release that the Monday before Mother's Day. So I had to do the math, and luckily, that will be episode 70. Because honestly, just out of the weirdness of it all, I probably would have had to have skipped an episode before then or doubled up on one week just so that would not be 69. You're welcome, Mom, and everyone else, and my future psychiatric bills. Boy, do I suck at getting to a point. My point is, last week was episode 60. That's a relatively celebratory number, but I'm just trucking along with this podcast right now that I'm not even recognizing milestones. So this is me patting myself on the back. Thanks for nothing, listeners. However, I'm already entertaining ideas for the topic of episode 69. Mom, I will text you in advance if it's one that maybe you should skip. So for my routine listeners, you know, Jeffy had an ouchie in his backy. That's, I don't know why I do baby talk on this freaking show, but I hurt my back. Uh, It would have been now eight days ago. It's doing significantly better. Didn't need a chiropractor to crack my back knuckles. It still has a little bit of stiffness. I still notice it a little bit when I turn over in bed, but I can turn over like a normal human being. I've been doing that for days. So Jeffy has a happy backy. I thought you weren't going to do baby talk anymore, Jeff. I never made that promise. I simply acknowledged it. So before we get to today's super fun topic, I want to bring up another celebratory thing, and that is the fact that masks are no longer required at the school I work at. That's fantastic. I hate masks. And I have large glasses, which just makes masks even more inconvenient. I need to get off this topic because just saying the word masks, it's not the easiest word to say repeatedly. But I will say that I was told at the school halfway through my shift that day, a few days ago, and I immediately took my mask off. Well, they said it's optional, but I immediately took my mask off and walked to the back instructor lounge area and threw my mask in the trash because that was the only reason I still had a friggin' mask. And I'm at a point now where I'm wondering why are there even restrictions still in place? Doesn't make any sense. Boris Johnson, the overweight man with the crazy hair, the Prime Minister of England, has lifted all of the restrictions for COVID in England. And oddly enough, he did this one day after the Queen contracted COVID or tested positive. However, I'm quite certain Queen Elizabeth II will not pass from COVID. If she dies in the next week, then I'm, you know, I guess I'm a jinx or... Or just call this a bad prediction. But I'm pretty sure she's going to outlive me. She's 
She's 95 years old, people. She's been queen for 70 years. Never let yourself think that being a queen is a difficult job. If it was stressful or problematic in any way, she would have kicked it a long time ago. And I'm sure there's quietly and secretly some of her grandsons and son and daughter-in-law that are thinking, Come on, Mom. Time to kick the bucket now. I want to be king. And I want to be queen. But they pushed the vaccine agenda so long down our throats again. Reminder, I'm vaccinated. I'm not anti-vax. But I think the vax is a political move and political statement to keep it in the conversation. And it's worthless. The vaccines do nothing. I've mentioned this ad nauseum. Even fully vaccinated, you can still get COVID. You can still spread COVID. You can still get sick. You can still die. The likelihood of the last two things is lower. That's it. So either stand up behind your vaccines and say these are working and remove all of the COVID restrictions. I mean, that's what makes sense. If you're not vaccinated yet, tough. If you get sick and die, tough. You made that decision yourself. I don't feel bad for you. All right, enough ranting about COVID. More rants from Jeff on COVID. What a shocker. But I consider it relevant to today's topic because it has to do a lot with media coverage of certain things that are or aren't important. When it comes to vaccines, masks, COVID, Omicron, Delta, you hear that shit all the time. It's in all of your social media feeds. Everyone's putting a little frame around their profile picture. I got vaccinated. Why doesn't anyone ever like do that and be like, I went to Disney World or I got a promotion. Like, give me an accomplishment, not I went to Kroger and I told them to stick a needle in my arm. It was free. I'm gonna let everyone know about this right now. I'm sure a lot of you that listen to me and know me did that. I'm not shaming the people that do that as much as I am shaming the system that has created that false sense of community for a lack of accomplishment that has caused you to feel like that's normal. And yes, I'm cranky. I'm cynical. I understand. I'm not the norm. Maybe at times I wish I could just be a little more laid back and be like, hey, maybe I will let everyone know I got a shot today. But alas, that is not who I am. And I will not apologize for that. I will apologize if anyone feels like I am calling them out. Again, it's not so much the individual's behavior or the individual themselves that I take issue with. It is the way that society has become. I'm on TikTok, and just being on TikTok and releasing videos makes me feel dirty, but I do it. So I am not above reproach when it comes to me faulting bad behavior from my own perspective. I hope that made some kind of sense. But right now, we are in a situation from a global perspective where Russia, if you don't know, and I'm going to guess... Less of you know anything about this. You may have heard something or seen a quick headline, but you have no details. You kind of glossed over it. But Russia is invading the Ukraine. America is issuing sanctions against Russia to try to stop them from further invading the Ukraine. We're going to discuss this in detail, people. Don't worry. You know I always love a learning moment here on the Jeff Becomes Jeff podcast. But back to my point of behaviors and feeds and how we're being kind of programmed to think a certain way or expect a certain thing based on social media and apps and games and our devices. 
And I will tell you, before I recorded this podcast, right before I started tonight, I opened Facebook and I scrolled for a while. Do I see anything about Russia and Ukraine? Because I guarantee you, during Delta and Omicron, let alone actual COVID-19, during masks and vaccine mandates, I mean, the vaccines weren't mandated, but yeah, they were for government employees. I don't think it ever stuck. I don't think he went through with it, but he said he was going to, which is the sign of a bad father, people. Just let me let me tell you, good parents everywhere know what I'm talking about. But the media is so selective. I, I know they're talking about this, but that's not a stink. No one's really concerned. We're so tuned in to fucking TikTok and all the other bullshit that we don't give a shit about the fact that there's a little storm brewing right now between the United States and Russia. Not sure if you know, but if the time ever comes that the United States and Russia come to blows, that's what is called World War III, and essentially the end of humanity due to nuclear obliteration of our planet. Oh, thank you. So that seems kind of important to me, or at least for, you know, that to be something that should have a little more stank on it in feeds or things like that, or even just people presenting an opinion or sharing an article. The way that people would just blast other people publicly in their feed, family members, because they weren't getting vaccinated or because they voted for this person or that person. I guarantee you if this Russia invading the Ukraine story and timeline was going through your feeds, you would all be friggin' geniuses on the subject, whether you wanted to be or not. But that's part of the problem. It's the algorithm. Not only an algorithm within your social media or your individual apps, but an algorithm of the media, an algorithm of society. And we're part of the problem in that algorithm where we are so preoccupied and living life in such an on-demand state where convenience stores now seem like an inconvenience because you have to get in your car and drive to it. That's ridiculous, Jeff. And inconvenient. I know. But back during Omicron, back during Delta, back when Trump was president, back during the vaccines, back during quarantines. How educated were you about every nuance of COVID, of Delta, of Omicron, of hospitalizations, and the inability for the hospitals to accommodate all of the COVID victims? Yes, I said that with snark. Take it as you will. But the fact that you're probably not super educated, and don't worry, I'm going to educate you here, but I'm going to be clear. I had to educate myself. This took me a while to do this show prep because everything I would look up for a quick like bullet point that I thought I could just discuss it was like oh no this took me down another rabbit hole of another thing I had to research and then I had to research this then I found this timeline then I did on this and I had to research this because that word was the other way around and I wasn't sure so I went back to the first site and it linked me back to my own web page which was weird okay that got a little crazy but I'm saying I was not educated either I knew roughly what was happening, but the only reason I took an interest was because it just seemed like something I should be a little bit aware of. I know that the invasion of Russia on Ukraine is not exactly the funniest topic I've ever covered, but I'm going to do my best to make this entertaining for both you and I. Or would that be you and me? Because you're supposed to take the you out, and how would it be? Make it entertaining for me. So for you and me, that's how it is. This English language instruction 
original lesson was brought to you by pretentious people pissing you off one sentence at a time since 1643. All right, so let's just start at the beginning. We're going to just kind of start at the headline and work our way backwards, okay? So, as I've already mentioned, for you people with very short-term memory, Russia is invading the Ukraine. Ukraine is a neighbor to Russia. In fact, Ukraine borders on its east region against Russia and on its west region against the European Union. So a variety and collective of Western European countries. You know, the ones that are typically more democratic. But essentially in Europe, there is still a very Eastern versus Western, I guess, methodology on how we do things up in this piece. So needless to say, the governmental and parliamentary, I hope that's the right word, but those buildings in Moscow, I'm guessing things run a little different behind those doors than they do in the governmental buildings in France. I can't say England because England, as we know, exited the European Union recently. That was what was known as Brexit. So if you ever heard of Brexit and you didn't know what that was, that was England no longer recognizing themselves as a part of this big union. I'm not going to get into details in the European Union. That would be way too boring. I know because I tried to look it up and woke up the next day in my computer chair. I'm kidding. But yeah, total snooze fest. But back to the headline nature of this story. Russia is invading the Ukraine primarily because the Ukraine is threatening Russia by leaning toward the Western civilization. And America is considered part of Western civilization. You just still have these weird people in certain regions of the world that have not given up the just total control mentality from a governmental perspective, a need for dominance. Essentially, a country that knows they have a big dick and they're not afraid to get into a dick-comparing contest. It was a horrible analogy. And yes, of course, I'm sorry, Mom. But Russia don't like that the Ukraine is trying to do all this shit with the Western people. So they're like, well, okay, we're just going to come take you. You're no longer the Ukraine. You will be Russia. It's like a game of risk. Putin, President Putin, the president of Russia, President Putin, what a dumbass name for some guy who is supposed to be swinging one of the biggest dicks in the contest. But it's a threat to them, so they're just going to do what they need to do, or feel they need to do, and needless to say, the rest of the world, not so happy with it. I mean, let's start with the European Union. The Ukraine is trying to join the European Union, and now they're being strong-armed out of that by another country saying, oh no you don't. So we're going to get into plenty of details about this, but that is the overview. So, just to create a point of reference for the remainder of the discussion, let's look at a timeline of relations between the Ukraine and Russia. We'll start in 1922. So, Russia and the Ukraine become, it's probably not the Ukraine, it's just Ukraine. I'll try and correct that moving forward. I apologize to all of the pretentious people. Anyway, 1922, Russia and Ukraine, got it, become founding members of the Soviet Union. So, these two countries countries actually helped to form the Soviet Union, which fell later. We'll get there. But the Soviet Union, if you remember, or if you're my age, you do, they were bad people. So now 1932, between 32 and 33, the policies under Stalin cause a famine that kills millions of people, primarily 
in Ukraine. See how I did that? I didn't do a the. I'm learning. 1941 to 44. It's a long time. Nazis and allied forces occupy Ukraine. That sucks. Sounds like their country's had a lot of bad luck. 1991. We're jumping forward a lot. I don't know what happened after the Nazis left. I guess everything was fine for a while. You know what they say about the calm before the storm. So, 1991, the Soviet Union is dissolved, and now Ukraine has become independent, but they walked away from the breakup with, and I quote, a significant stockpile of nuclear weapons belonging to the Soviet Union, of which they were a part of before the breakup. Or would that be of which they were a part? I don't think I needed the of in there at the end of which they were a part before the breakup. Yes, see? This English language learning lesson was brought to you by pretentious people, making you want to kill them sentence by sentence since 1643. I don't know why I keep doing that in this episode. I apologize, but better for me to get all of that out of my system in one episode and not carry it over from week to week. You're welcome. So we were in 1991 where now Ukraine is pretty much its own country or state. Over there, they, in the East, they like to call countries states. Again, I think it's more of a dick competition. Look at you. You're only a tenth of the size of us. You can't be a country. You're a state. Oh, man. So we're going to fast forward to February of 2014. Protesters in the Ukraine, I did it again, protesters in Ukraine overthrew a president that they had. His name is, if I can get this right, Viktor Yanukovych. I think that's pretty close. And he was friendly to Russia's interests, so he was a little more Eastern-leaning. They didn't like that because Ukraine was wanting to go in the way of NATO and the EU. The European Union. We've already talked about this, people. Keep up. So after that overthrow, just two months later, April of 2014, Russia invaded Ukraine and annexed the peninsula of Crimea. So they immediately went in and said, this little island off of your country? That's ours. We took it. That was pretty easy. You didn't put up good enough walls. Ukrainians are not well known for their wall building skills. I don't know if you know that. Actually, that's not a fact. I just made that up. So now the Russians have gone in. Bam. They took this little island that was part of the country or the state prior to that. So then two regions on the eastern side of Ukraine kind of break off and secede from the rest of Ukraine because they are very eastern leaning, which makes sense because they border right up against Russia. A lot of the people that live in these regions are probably Russians. It's like living in Ohio or living in Indiana. It's not a huge stretch, but the Russians continued to invade past the seceding, which uh, guarantee the people who seceded in those two regions, not only were they probably pretty Russian, but they were also just waving the white flag and saying, it's okay, we're on your side now. If you just want to, you know, keep going, we don't even have a toll booth. And march forward, the Russians did, into western Ukraine. We don't need a narrator. God damn it. But eventually that war in 2014, or that invasion, I guess, which really, they didn't take the Ukraine. They ended up with Crimea, and they ended up with these two regions that seceded from the Ukraine and essentially became parts of Russia. But 13,000 Ukrainian soldiers or civilians were killed in that invasion. Not, Not a little bit. I'm guessing the population of that country, it ain't that big. I didn't do that research. I'm going to pause and look it up, and I'm going to come back with that. Please hold. 
right, so it's about 4 million more people than the population of California. So not quite as small as I thought, but it ain't huge when you think of countries. Or a state. I don't, I'm not. See, I didn't do that research, and I'm not going to pause to look that shit up. They're a state or a country. We can call them a Kate. We can call them a Stuntry. Whatever you guys want for the rest of the show, I wish you could give feedback, and we could just move on from this ridiculous discussion about Stuntries. All right, so moving on in late 2014 and into 2015, obviously, the Ukraine wanted Russia to stop invading them. Please stop. Nyet. And, of course, other countries in the European Union also wanted Russia to stop because they want Ukraine to join the European Union. It benefits them. The more, the merrier. But because of all of this... In order to create a ceasefire and end the fighting in Ukraine, Russia, Ukraine, France, and Germany all signed an agreement known as the Minsk Accords. Or maybe it's the Minsk Accords? I don't know. But this essentially created a documented peace in the region. Russia wasn't going to invade. They said, all right. Close enough, but we still got Crimea. I believe Putin has turned Crimea into the world's largest hot tub, and he likes to take excursions there on Sunday afternoons. So now everything is again peaceful, calm before the storm. In April of 2019, a former comedian, that's right, I'm going to butcher this name probably, Vladimir Zelensky. Now that one was okay. He was elected to president of Ukraine and he was promising Ukraine was going to reclaim one of the regions that seceded, one of those eastern regions. And that's the reason he got elected because Ukraine wanted that shit back. They're like, how dare the Russians come and take our shit and Crimea and turn it into a giant hot tub. So they voted for this former comedian, a Ukrainian comedian in Ukraine. Ukraine. Just going to point out, I'm not sure what the standard is there for local stand-up talent or open mic night. So my guess is he probably made a better president than a comedian. And let's not overlook the obvious point that him claiming he was going to take back this eastern region of the Ukraine from Russia? Well, that was the biggest joke he ever told. (laughs) That was uh, clever and stupid all at the same time. You're welcome and I'm sorry. So that brings us up to current speed, where we are now at a point where Russia's like, all right, well, screw it. Uh, Putin essentially tore up the ceasefire and peace agreements from five Five years ago or six years ago, what year was that? I don't know. Let me look at my papers. Mm. 2015. So what's happening isn't really anything super new, and how it impacts the United States of America, I have no idea. Them having Ukraine, it really ain't changing much. I mean, it sucks. The Ukrainians don't want it, but they're on the other side of the world. I don't know any of them. I don't care. What I do care about is when our country gets involved to try to stop things happening in a place where we shouldn't care. You're not a bad person for just living your own life in your own bubble. That is hard enough, people. Why are we worried about people in other cities, let alone other countries, let alone other continents, let alone other stuntries? So we've talked about the timeline, the history between Russia and Ukraine. We've talked about what's happening right now. And we're going to get to that a little bit more later in regard to how the U.S. is getting involved and trying to retaliate. But let's talk about Putin, okay? 
His full name is Vladimir Vladimirovich Putin. Russians do a weird thing with names where they tie in a mother's name and a father's name. I took Russian for like a year in college, and I'll tell you, it's weird. Hence, Vladimir Vladimirovich Putin. But this would essentially be like me being called Jeffrey Jeffreyton Schaefer. So Putin, by the way, is 69 years old. which would make him a full decade younger than Biden, our newest president, and Putin's been around for a while, 17 years to be specific. I will say that despite being a sometimes tyrannical and angry leader, just wanting to kill people to take their land in a barbaric fashion in the year 2022, maybe he's been playing a lot of Minecraft. Maybe he wants to build something in Ukraine. I don't know. I never played Minecraft. I'm just pulling that out of my ass. But I will say that despite being, you know, sometimes kind of an evil person, he has a Nobel Peace Prize nomination and he is considered an animal rights activist. He also likes long walks on the beach and soaking in his Crimea hot tub. Now, let's talk about Putin and how long he's been president. All right, think about the fact that here in America, you know, we got two terms max, four years each term, eight years max, if you can get reelected, which because of the absolute division in this country right now and the polarity of opinion, I anticipate a ping pong game of red and blue over the next several elections. I do not see many reelections in our future. So in Russia, it was originally the same as the U.S. with a two-term max, four-year terms. But in 1999, the then-president Boris Yeltsin, that's an easy name to say, I'm not worried about that one, but he resigned and he handed the presidency to Putin. So Putin wasn't elected at this point, he was just named president by a resigning president. So just a few months later was the annual election for president, and Putin won the presidency in 2000. And he he was then again re-elected in 2004. After he was no longer able to be president, he essentially groomed someone to come in and be the president and name him as prime minister, so he was still running the country, just with a different title on the business card. Then in 2012, despite not being constitutional, he ran again and won. There was a lot of protests. People were like, what the fuck, Putin? That ain't cool, man. That ain't cool. And then he changed the terms to six years and was re-elected in 2018. Do you see where, you know, this type of behavior can be problematic and scary and very possible even in our own government? It's self-serving interests, and we give them all the power, despite saying we are the people. We are the world.
So now he's served four terms. Two of them were elongated. He's at the end of his second six-year term, despite his third term being unconstitutional. So he thought he would take care of that in 2021 by going ahead and reforming the Constitution to essentially allow him to be reelected and president until the year 2036. So if you don't think that's, you know, somebody who is exercising power for self-interest, you are an idiot, my friend. Well, you're not my friend either. I would not hang out with you. You're just simply too stupid. But in 2036, I will be 60 years old. 60. And I would have been like 24 when he was first named president months before he was first elected. It's a long period of time for one man to run perhaps the biggest country on the planet. That's why I hate the fact that we have all these old fucking men or women, I don't care, but representing parties, which I hate parties, but we need fresh ideas. Corporate America doesn't even keep 79-year-old men working in their fucking IT department. And guess what? Joe Biden, 79. Should have retired 14 years ago. Can't keep his eyes open in a press conference. I've seen pictures. It's the best picture they can get. I don't know how his aides have not just at least found some toothpicks and, you know, prop that shit open a little bit. Make him look a little alive. Powdering the face is a nice touch, but toothpicks are never a bad idea. This lesson on how to keep a dead person looking alive has been brought to you by Psychotic Podcasters, keeping you entertained since 2020. So yeah, Putin, he's the real deal. He's someone to be worried about because he's able to manipulate his own government, his own constitution, to serve his individual needs. That's scary. Ah! And of course, the rest of the world recognizes that this is scary to them because the bigger they grow, well, I mean, guess this is obvious, but the bigger they grow, they're already big. I mean, like, huge. But of course, when any country needs to be stood up to by the rest of the world, it's always the U.S. that has to do that first. And of course, given the history between the U.S. and Russia, as far as our tense relations and the Cold War and Red Dawn, where Patrick Swayze was an absolute hero, but of course, the U.S. has to be the ones to stand up. Don't know why. It's not our fight. And I don't really think the Ukraine is going to be enough to make us more worried of world War Three with the Soviets. Or well, they're not the Soviets anymore. I see. Look, I said Red Dawn, and I'm thinking Soviet. The Russians, the Paruskis. <laughs> So the U.S. has decided to deliver a swift kick to Russia's ass with a sanction. <laughs> What's a sanction, Jeff? Well, it's basically like grounding the other country. Go to your room, young man. You impose financial sanctions. That's usually what they do. And that limits exporting or importing for that country to not allow them to continue to grow their country financially in the hope that that will keep them from further funding their invasion. 
But this is Russia, people. They're pretty self-sufficient. And they knew if they did this, they were going to be sanctioned. They didn't care. It's not like we're flying troops in there and stopping them. Sanctions are bullshit. I couldn't find a recent study, but I did find one from 1997 about previous sanctions and the success rate. And in that study, in 1997, they said that since 1970, they showed that economic sanctions, like what we're doing to Russia, had a 13% success rate, and they had cost the U.S. 15 to $19 billion in imports and exports because we turned that country off. Not only don't sanctions work, but they are harming us. It's so stupid. And really, when you talk about the superpowers of the world, you're talking about Russia and the U.S. Because superpower is based specifically on who has the most nukes. And that's us, the U.S. and Russia. And not only can we destroy each other, we can take everyone else on this planet out with us. But right now, look at Putin versus Biden. Who would you rather fight? Let's forget that you know who either guy is. Let's do a scenario. A guy gets mugged on the street in a city. As soon as he gets mugged, he runs after the mugger, chases him down, jumps on him, pins him to the ground. While he's holding him to the ground, he calls his friends. His friends come and they all systematically take turns beating the shit out of this dude. Okay, the other guy, walking down the same city street, gets mugged, and he goes, Oh, man. Takes out his phone, and he calls the popo, and never sees his wallet again. Who would you rather fight? Me? I'm taking the dude with the cell phone. The popo guy. My point being, we already know between the U.S. and Russia right now who the stronger country is, and that's scary. I mean, I'm not worried about it because of, well, the whole reason we've never had World War III. I mean, think about it. World War II, that ended back in the 40s. Here we are 80 years later, and there's never been another finger quotes world war. We've had Vietnam, Korea, Russia, and Ukraine, tons of Middle Eastern countries fighting each other for the last four billion years trying to figure out which one of their gods has a bigger dick. But yeah, World War II, it ended in 1945, actually, uh, September 2nd, to be exact. And that was six years and one day after it began. Almost a six-year war, minus that extra day. That's a shame. Could have been really cool otherwise. But oddly enough, on August 6th and August 9th of 1945, you know, just a few weeks before the official end of the war, the United States retaliated on Japan for the Pearl Harbor bombing in 1941. Four years earlier, they were sour, but they retaliated by dropping nuclear bombs, atomic bombs, on the cities of Hiroshima and Nagasaki. Three weeks later, the war was over. Don't think that nukes don't, you know, carry a little weight. And the whole idea of why having those nuclear weapons can be an offense, but just the idea and knowledge of having them is a defense is what is called mutually assured destruction. So the idea that, you know, if we launched nukes at Russia, we know they would launch back. Then if we launched more in response to their launch, then they would launch more. And before you know it, both of our countries are pummeled. 
by massive explosions, nuclear winter for the entire planet. I mean, shit, that could knock us out of orbit. Who knows? I don't think that's scientifically proven or even theorized, but it's hard to theorize the improbable. But the idea of mutually assured destruction relies on the ideology that people in those countries actually care if they live or die. Look at some of these Middle Eastern countries, like Iran. I was running. We imposed sanctions on Iran in the past to keep them from trying to develop nuclear weapons, and they just started doing it again recently and said, fuck it, we don't care about your sanction. And now they're at a point where instead of back in 2015, I think it was, when that sanction was imposed, they could have potentially developed a nuclear weapon in a year, or a little under a year. Now, when they started making them again in 2019, just ignoring the sanction because it's worthless, they're at a point where they could make a nuclear weapon in weeks. And in a country that has different religious ideologies and how they approach death and the idea of death, mutually assured destruction all of a sudden becomes a little less relevant. And yes, of course, it's scary to know that countries like that with those ideologies have access now, probably, and are probably stockpiling nuclear weapons. But long range is different than just being able to manufacture a warhead. They would need to put it up into space to get to us. So I'm not too worried about that right now. But technology is pretty readily available. You can learn to do anything on YouTube. I'm sure there's probably a long-range missile tutorial somewhere on YouTube with 88 likes, 3 dislikes, and one comment that simply says 69. But I really don't think for the most part that the U.S. would ever launch missiles on Russia unless Russia sent missiles first and vice versa. Putin, he's a little bit kookaburra, but I'm sure he's very intelligent and very strategic and very alpha male, very dominant. We know that. But he loves doggies. But I also think that that arrogance that Putin has makes him want to live to be 150 years old because the minute his flame is extinguished on this earth, he no longer has power. And he lives for power, so I'm pretty sure he's not going to want to just willy-nilly cause the end of the planet, because he wants to live forever. And I want to be queen! But in general, if that time ever came where someone tried to launch a long-range nuclear weapon on the U.S., we have a lot more technology now than we used to have back when we were worried about the Cold War and the Cuban Missile Crisis, where I'm sure we could probably shoot some of this shit out of the sky in space. Don't know what that that's going to do to space, or even if we shoot them out of the air in our atmosphere, don't know what that's going to do to the atmosphere with the nuclear fallout. But because of that technology, it makes the threat of long-range nuclear missiles a little less. Yay! I have no idea what the capabilities of the government are when it comes to this regard. I believe it was called Star Wars when they first started doing this in the 80s. So I'm pretty sure it's gotten a little better since Debbie Gibson was topping the charts. But I'm guessing if, like, Russia, like, were to launch, like, 20 nukes at one time in our general direction, I'm thinking one of them, at least one of them's going to land. I don't think we're going to stop all of them. I could be wrong. If that's the case, what are we worried about, people? Why are we doing sanctions? You know, Iran, they might be able to launch, like, three uh, with a straggler that fails and explodes in the chute that it's supposed to come out of. 
and destroys half of Iran. That would be that would be pretty funny. Uh, no, nothing against Iranians, but I mean, come on. But in the event that nuclear bombs ever landed in the United States, let me give you a little information about how you can survive a nuclear blast more easily than you'd think. If you are 20 to 25 miles away from a nuclear blast, you have about 25 minutes to find shelter. And then at that point, radiation will become lethal. But 25 minutes to find shelter and not die and only being 20 to 25 miles away from the core of the blast, that's pretty good. If you're 40 to 45 miles away, now you have three hours. That's awesome. I mean, maybe not if the wind is blowing your way. That's a lot of time to find shelter. And this is why I live in a rural area. Rural. So I just wanted to make sure, since no one else is really talking about this, unless you're going out of your way to read the news, I wanted to bring this up because I think it's important. Definitely more important than Omicron or Delta or those bullshit headlines. And also maybe think about who am I? How do I go through life? Do I go through life like a Putin? <laughs> Do I take what I want? And that's not a bad thing necessarily. That's ambition, it's confidence. You know, we think of him as evil, but do you exhibit a lot of those traits? Because those are positive traits if you just look at the trait independently. Or do you go through life as the guy that's pulling the cell phone out of his pocket and calling the cops? I'm not saying that's wrong either. That's probably me. I'm not chasing the mugger down. I will get a new license. I'd rather not have all my teeth replaced. All right, enough about this ridiculous, stupid, barbaric subject. Thank you for continuing to tune in. I want to give a shout out to Israel. I have had three different cities in Israel listening to the podcast in the last couple weeks. I see it pop up on the stats. I don't know why I'm showing up in Israel, but I want to thank you guys in Israel for listening. Please go follow me on social media, on Twitter, TikTok, or Facebook, at Jeff Becomes Jeff. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast, and if you can give me a rating, give me all of the stars. All of them. I don't want four out of five. Unacceptable. I'm doing all the heavy lifting here, people. All you got to do is say five swipe. Easy. Until next time, I'm Jeff. We are the world. Oh, yeah, Jeff. Good night. Went to the devil and I prayed. And I showed him the mess that I've made And I cried and I cried and I cried a million times over But the devil just laughed in my face I went to the God of fire And said, can you turn the heat a little higher? Cause I've been burned and I've been burned a million times
covered me with water So I went to the land of the sea Said, won't you come wash over me Cause the roads and the woods have been winding a million times over But she receded from Whoa. 